0: Happy Tuesday! I am so excited that I get to bring Ginny Walters back to the podcast. We had recorded a couple of months ago at this point and lost the audio, and then it life happened. And it was really hard to kind of get back together. So we're not redoing the episode that we lost. I will actually. Uh, record and post a quick recap of it because I do think it's important context for kind of approaching the memoir, but I apologize that it will not be the same <laughs> as our original recording. And also I want to note when we recorded the episode that you're about to hear, my mic was not chosen, was not selected as a recording mic, so my own audio is not as up to the quality that i prefer in in this in this podcast so i apologize ahead of time but it will it will have to do for now and i'm really excited for you to hear this conversation Ginny and i have and yeah i just love having her back on the podcast and i think you'll really enjoy this uh, deep dive into from the ashes and how Jesse Thistle uses vignettes in his writing to guide the reading experience and to communicate a pretty difficult story. So let's get into it. You are listening to the Memoir Method Podcast, the place for writers, readers, and anyone who appreciates the collective power of our stories. In this podcast, we explore the impact of memoir alongside an examination of writing techniques and strategies used in the genre. Whether you're an aspiring writer looking for inspiration and guidance, or a passionate reader seeking meaningful connections through shared experiences, the Memoir Method Podcast is your go-to conversation spot. I'm your host, Charlotte. I'm an editor, writer, and the heart behind Bookish Edits. I am so glad that you're here. Let's get started. Hello, we have Ginny back with us today. It's been a beat because we've had some recording woes and lost audio, uh, but we're here now. So I'm glad that you're sure back are. with us, Ginny.
1: Hi, it's been a journey. I'm back. Hopefully, <laughs> recording
0: this time. It has been a journey. We've had a lot of a lot of recording woes over the past couple months. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to get back into from the ashes with you. So you have read reread this more recently than I have. What was it like on a reread? It was good. It was just as powerful,
1: I think, as the first time. Maybe even a little bit more so because I was a little bit more prepared for some of like the harsher scenes. Um, I think in a previous episode we talked about a couple of those really like intense scenes but it was it was good on a reread. I think I was really able how should I say this? I think I was really able to read the book more as like a writer than a reader. Like the first time I was mm-hmm. very much reading it as a reader and the second time I think because I had experienced all of the things that one experiences when they read a memoir. I was able to look a little bit more deeply at the ways that he wrote things and how he described things and a little bit more of like the craft side of it because I was not so necessarily engrossed in the story. I still was, but not nearly as much as the first
0: time. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you know it happens, it's easier to pay attention to other things Yeah. Reading as a reader and reading as a writer is going to definitely have two different experiences.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, You're going to pay attention to different things. What stood out to you the most on reading it as a writer? I think the
1: book has sections that are very poetic. Like even in the sections, like even in just a chapter of prose, like the ebb and the flow of the action and like The cadence of his words, his sentence structure, like there's just a lot of things that are there's a lot of poetic elements in it Mm -hmm. that I may have noticed the first time because, again, I listened to it the first time and I read it on paper the second just because I knew that I could read it on paper a little bit quicker and so I think I was a little bit more prepared for some of the poetic element style things but I definitely did notice that a little bit more from a writing perspective.
0: Yeah, I that was something I noticed on my read and I like I said I read this a uh, hard copy but he he's clearly thought very intentionally about the words he uses. And how he uses them. Mm-hmm. Which makes. It just makes you pay attention different. When you know that someone is being so intentional. With how they're writing. Especially when they're writing about their life. And being. That, that kind of poetic writing. Invites. The reader in intellectually. In a different way. From other. Approaches that writers can take. You know like some writers will be really personable and casual and that invites in a different reading experience and i think the way that he writes invites the reader in in a very a very deep like we're just going deep right away like you're coming in like come into this with me or not but this is this is the experience that you're going to get
1: yeah there is not really a lot of warming the reader up to no, there's not difficult topics. Like, there is, I mean, obviously, he does concentrate a lot on his early life, right? I mean, you do see there's lots of mm-hmm. stories from his childhood, right? But nothing is like, I shouldn't say nothing, very few aspects of
0: it are pleasant. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. It is, it's not a read that you go into thinking that, like, it's, he's not writing to make you comfortable. No. And he, he is writing to show a world that his readers may not be familiar with. And he is unflinching in that. And as a result of that, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why he's so intentional and poetic with his words because he knows that this reading experience is could be difficult but also he's he's had to face so much and so he's like i'm not going to couch my words i'm not going to try and make you feel better about maybe some things and some parts of our society that are hard Mm -hmm. but he also the way that he writes also invites trust like okay like i've i've experienced this i've the way i'm writing about is very intentional like i'm you can trust me even though this is really hard and we're going to be really honest i'm also not going to just jerk you around for the heck of it
1: yeah he talks about really difficult topics in a way that is very soft like like Mm -hmm. he talks about i don't even know if soft is the right word there's this i read about this concept a, a while ago where it's um, it's like actually used in like the business world, but it is this concept of like a velvet hammer where like you talk about very difficult things. Right. Or you like not even talking about difficult things, but you have to kind of like be harsh, right. In, in whatever way or like be demanding or like try to get your point across in a way that's very blunt. But By doing it with a velvet hammer, you are kind and like you're not rude about it. You're not like Mm -hmm. abrasive, but you are doing something that is you are saying something that is difficult or you are telling somebody like a truth that, you know, is going to be challenging for them to accept. And so that's that's like the image that keeps coming up in my mind when I think about like how he tells this story of really difficult hard challenging things but with a very kind of soft sort of a lyrical touch just makes me think of a velvet hammer
0: I love that and I haven't heard that term before it's lovely and it it makes me think of you know when I'm talking with writers you know I I talk a lot about we need to consider what you want the reading experience to be like, yes, you're writing for yourself, but if, if you're writing for a reader, you need to think about what that experience is going to be for them and are you crafting the experience that that you want them to have. But I think the Velvet Hammer, that concept applies really well here with this book specifically because he, he wants his reader to feel things mm-hmm. and he wants them to be aware of the reality of homelessness of addiction of how indigenous peoples are treated like there's a lot there and because he knows it's difficult he's very intentional how he writes about it and so that was a very the, the reading experience with this one, which we talked about the first time we talked about this book but it's a very distinct i haven't had another experience like i have had reading this books but part of that was the way that he used vignettes which i really am eager to talk about usually when i'm talking about memoir someone you you can have like a prose memoir which is just kind of an over like a narrative that kind of goes can read like a novel almost so all you know one chapter leads to the next to the next and then you have essay collections which are more disparate pieces that all connect together but you can like read one on its own and it's and it works mm-hmm. and vignettes are like this weird middle place between those two forms of memoir so you know with a vignette they're shorter and almost can represent a single moment and experience kind of like an essay but they're also you also kind of have to read them in order like they all kind of connect to each other but it's almost like like jumping like a little you know like leaping onto like different lily pads or stones or what whatever metaphor you want to use but you're just jumping and it's it almost feels disconnected but not so it's it's just it's a different it's a different way of executing a story what were what were your thoughts on how he did that
1: i think the vignettes are really clear mood shifts sometimes i think they are like a moment of rawness. And sometimes I think they're a moment of honesty. And sometimes I think they are a moment of trying to demonstrate something in a different way. And I think there are particular points in the book where he uses vignettes in all of those ways. Like, I, th- I think there are particular vignettes that serve all of those purposes. There's, s- like, some that serve one, right? There's some that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he he does all of that with his vignettes. In addition to mood shifts, I also think that they are, like, signals to the reader. Like, we are, like, in in the overarching story of the memoir, right? Like, we're going to... Mm-hmm we're turning here, right? Like something, something is going to happen in the next section or like, I'm, we are moving on from this part of my story and we are going into a different part of my story. Um, And I think they are placed particularly strategically and well in the, the overarching story as a whole to do that. And I don't... The other thing I will say is, like, I don't think that I saw that as clearly until the reread. Like, I think when I listened to it, you can tell, like, when he's doing it because his voice changes. Um, Mm -hmm. You can hear sort of, like, the mood shift. And I remember, like, feeling it more when I listened. But when I went back and reread on paper, I felt like I understood it more. Like I saw more of it in the context
0: Mm -hmm. of like the entire story. I love all of those insights into how he uses them because it's like, and each one kind of is serves a different purpose. And so I, I think one of the effects of vignettes or even like even motivators behind writing that way is he's not going to hold your hand through this like it it requires you to pay attention to who's who to where he is and you know he almost everyone he jumps you know like the term is in media res you know he jumps in the middle you kind of Mm -hmm. just start in the middle of all these different moments and so he doesn't really you know uh, similar to his the whole reading experience and vibe he's not going to couch anything and he's also not gonna hold your hand and make sure that you're following. He's just gonna trust that you're there and keeping up. I- I've been thinking a lot about the vignettes and it's not a natural way for me to write. And so it's harder for me to understand as a, you know, just from that editorial lens. But each one, you know, it's still very, they're still very immersive. He uses dialogue, they contain these narratives almost in each one with different people that he comes across different friends and people who go in and out of his life, people who try to help him, people who definitely don't try to help him, his family members. And so they all just kind of blip in and out, but it's not the, each one is so intentionally written. There's a full narrative in each one, which is Mm -hmm. similar to like, that has the vibe of an essay as well. An essay is a complete piece of work on its own and you could probably pull out any one of these and be able to understand the narrative inside an individual Mm -hmm. vignette but the way that they kind of connect together and the way he uses that as as a as emotional management of the reader so yeah he you know he's not like holding her hand but he also part of writing for a reader is is trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how can I manage their, the the emotional journey of, of the, of the book? You know, if you go too heavy into, for too long into a certain emotional component or story, you risk your reader kind of numbing to it and being desensitized and not feeling what you really want them to feel. And if you spend too much time kind of skating and kind of pulling back, then you're going to lose them on the other end and they're not going to feel invested. Mm -hmm. So it's a tricky line to walk to walk. And I think he does that well with vignettes. Like they're really short. And so, I mean, it took me a longer to read this book than it usually takes me to read books, but it was, I was able to read a few at a time and then stop. Like I didn't feel like I, I was able to go at it in my own pace. I didn't feel like, okay, well, I'm in the middle of like this 40 page chapter that, you know, and I probably need to finish. I guess now that I'm saying this out loud, it feels more like he's giving the reader autonomy and how they engage.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, it's almost like he's giving you permission. Like Mm -hmm. if you need to put it down and come back, like that's fine. Like it's still going to be here. Yeah.
0: He made it really Um, easy to do that because the vignettes are no more than, like, four or five pages max. Mm -hmm.
1: It it also is, I think, a very natural, like, again, where they're placed in the overarching story as a whole, like, it is a natural place to put it down and come back. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, you're not in the middle of, like, his childhood, right? You're not in the middle of one of his attempts to get clean before he does right like you're not you Mm -hmm. are sort of at natural breaking points in a story where even though it's not sectioned out like that right like you don't have defined Mm -hmm. sections i think the vignettes do sort of serve
0: as section markers they do and they're actually there actually are sections oh you have like lost and alone and like with a year like 1979 to 1987
1: oh that's true he does break them up as, by years Does so he, he?
0: breaks them up yeah. a little bit Mm-hmm. yeah the longest one is the stolen streets where he's homeless most of the time and goes to jail yep. and i mean each one has you know i don't know the longest one has probably two dozen or more vignettes in it so these are all really short and he he doesn't like use cliffhangers that's not a device that he really employs like you are you are compelled to keep going which i i've mentioned before like i i just couldn't believe this was someone's life because Mm -hmm. it was so so much happens to him and he goes through so much that if this were a fiction book I would advise hey you need to pull back there's no way this is believable yeah. but because because he's able to to just kind of dip in and out of that mm-hmm. and he he doesn't need to use devices like cliffhangers right because you're compelled to keep reading if you want to or can but I also never felt lost when I spent a few days away from it and then picked it back up no, me neither. It did take me, I mentioned like it didn't
1: take me as long to reread. It did take me a long time to listen to it when I read it the mm-hmm. first time on audio. It took me, I don't know, over a month, I think,
0: which is a really mm-hmm. long
1: time for me yeah. to read an audio book. But I needed to take it some breaks. It took me over a month to read it in
0: mm-hmm. paper, and which is a long time for me. Yeah, I just needed to take some breaks. Cause it's, I don't know how many more times you can say this, but it's, it's difficult. And, mm-hmm. you know, the relationships, like the, the characters he brings in, we can touch on that for a minute, but mm-hmm. like with his grandparents and his brothers, even his mom, like it's hard. And spe- like, I'm thinking specifically of his grandparents who essentially disowned him. I still think about he got his got into drugs. Yeah. No, that's, and you know, when he got to see him right before he died and there's just a lot there and he doesn't have to spend a ton of time with these, with these people. I mean, like his grandparents are mostly present in his growing up years because they're the people who raised him. Mm -hmm. But after that, we don't see him a ton, but their impact on his life. And those broken relationships are so potent that they really mm-hmm. stick with you. So he didn't really have to write a, he didn't have to explicitly write about these characters or include them explicitly for them to have a major impact in how you see a story and how you feel certain moments that he takes you through. Pulling in his whole family, you know, his brothers, you get their, frustration just kind of throwing up their hands eventually like dude like I don't know what else mm-hmm. I can do for you hmm and and his mother that one was hard for me when I think about his mom, wanted mom to a come lot. back into his life mm-hmm. that. I think
1: his, his mom I think his mom and his grandfather are probably the two mm-hmm. that stick out the most for me I think his mm-hmm. his dad too like toward the end I think what uh-huh. I don't want to give anything away, but I think what ends up happening with his dad is really heartbreaking.
0: Oh, it, yes, and which which we've mentioned before as well. But his dad is a character in his absence. Yeah,
1: and I think, I think we see
0: his dad in a couple of vignettes at the very beginning. Yeah, and I that's think the they're he's ever present there.
1: Yeah, and I think because you see him in a couple of those vignettes, there is like a little bit of hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think that's really difficult.
0: And I, I think, I wonder if that's another reason why he uses vignettes is more from a an inward experience of writing the book. I wonder if it would be easier to treat and engage with the relationships in the way of vignettes uh, instead of exploring all of the nuances of these relationships in on the page for someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I think it. I would think that it would
1: be deeply, well, possibly deeply, but at least minimally therapeutic. Yeah, that's and what that's what it I feels think... like to me. It feels like mm-hmm. it is the the feeling part, right? like the mm-hmm. the therapeutic and aspect of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I I just I get the feeling and I again, I don't I could be completely off base here. But, you know, he's he's done a lot of healing before he wrote this. And mm-hmm. so he's probably done a lot of healing in, rela- in relation to each of these relationships. His mother, his grandparents. You know, he, he's not just, he's not doing his therapy on the page. But he's bringing that feeling to it. But he's also not, th- the vignettes make it so that he doesn't have to invite the reader into a really private reckoning with these relationships you know i think that that is his right to do that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and writing in vignettes that way where you get to know these characters and his relationship to them but it's it's different from a prose memoir a little bit it's a little different i think i think that just allows him to have a little bit of a barrier a very intentional barrier between, okay, this is what I want you to know, but you don't get to know everything. Yeah. About how I relate to these people and what our relationship was or is and how we've healed or not. I, I always respect a writer in a memoir. Who's, who's like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to talk. I can, sh- I'll share everything up to this point mm-hmm. And the, after that it's mine. Yeah. And I think as a reader, it's important to respect that. Well, I think that's also
1: therapeutic, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. how much it's a rhetorical question, right? But like how much do we write that never actually makes it onto a page that anybody else reads, Mm -hmm. right? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so to keep to know yourself well enough to know I need to leave this, this is for me, right? Versus this is for Mm -hmm. everybody else, I think is Mm -hmm. an important important level of self-awareness right as a as a human but also as a writer because also it's it's too much for a reader to give them like what is only supposed to be yours right it's not fair yeah
0: no and so to either of you
1: no it's not fair and so i think i i do think that's an important element and i think
0: you see it in the vignettes more than anywhere else mm-hmm I I saw this on, before we wrap up this discussion, I saw this on Instagram recently, but I wish I could remember who posted this so I could cite appropriately, but uh, basically a writer writes for themselves and an author writes for other people Mm. and kind of knowing where you, where you like you as a writer fit within that, I think is really valuable to kind of figure out okay am I going to be an author right now and write for someone else or do I need to be a writer and just yeah. write for me yeah and and I think that I just I've been thinking about that a lot and it's really interesting to apply that perspective to memoir and to kind yeah. of figure out where where a writer does hold back and where they where they choose to to pour out more for the reader
1: yeah that's important
0: uh, um Thank you for helping me explore vignettes. It's a it's a format I am I want to learn more about. And like I said, it's not one that's natural for me to write. And so I have a lot to learn about them. I Jesse Thistle uses them to great effect. Yeah. In his in his memoir.
1: Thanks for having hey. me on to explore vignettes with you.
0: I'm sure Thanks we'll do coming. it again. I'm sure we will. Um yeah, our next episode we'll actually do a quick wrap up a wrap up about about the book and kind of our overall takeaways and and yeah, so we'll that will be our next episode. Great. Okay Thank you so much for joining us for that conversation. You can find Ginny on Instagram at Ginny reads and writes all one all one word. And that's G I N N Y. So Ginny reads and writes. She's on Instagram, gives wonderful book reviews and recommendations. And I will also include a link in the show notes for you to purchase your own copy of from the ashes. If you would like to read along and go back to listen to other episodes where we have uh, deep dived this book. So thank you so much for joining along next week. We will be having our wrap up and I will, I will also be dropping that that bonus episode where I do run from the ashes through the memoir method. Uh, a, it will be a recap of the lost audio, but, uh, so not the same, but also still, still offering a lot of, a lot of context for you as you go into this memoir yourself. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. You've just listened to an episode of the memoir method podcast. The Memoir Method podcast is presented by Bookish Edits. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support the show is to subscribe through your preferred podcast player. And if you're feeling especially inspired, I'd love it if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review really does help other readers and writers like yourself find the show. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on my website at bookishedits.com or on Instagram at charlotte.edits.books. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.